Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Diamondbacks show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins. I have booted Derek Montilla off the island. He is no longer the mayor of this town because now I have claimed his spot. Joining me is my co-host. Jesse, the vice mayor of PHNX. Uh, Jesse, how are you doing? What the heck was that seventh inning? I'm all over the place. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. Uh, yeah, the Diamondbacks bullpen is uh, not the most experienced. A uh, few parts of this team have a whole lot of experience behind them, but that bullpen in particular, and unfortunately, we we saw that late in the game. But yes, we never needed Derek anyway, so it's good to finally have it like this, right? <laughs> Yeah, we cut the extra weight off of this podcast. I have vetoed him as the mayor. I am taking over, and uh, it's my show now. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, that game was super interesting. It was going so well until the seventh inning, and then just total collapse, which was really unfortunate. Uh, Keenan Middleton making his Diamondbacks debut and just... I don't know if it was nerves or whatever it was, but giving up two home runs is not the best way to uh, get out there and show the team what you got. So unfortunately, the Diamondbacks, they have split the series with the St. Louis Cardinals. But honestly, I'm not too upset about it. I think splitting the series with the Cardinals is uh, kind of a win in my book. How do you feel about that, Jesse? It really is a win. The Diamondbacks historically have played very, very poorly uh, in St. Louis. Uh, I think if they had one today, it would have been the first time that they'd won three straight against the Cardinals since like 2007. Um, and when that happened, it happened at Chase Field. It didn't happen in St. Louis. So the Diamondbacks have really never had consistent success playing in that ballpark. And it's easy to see why. I mean, that place is packed day in, day out. It's, you know, 40,000 plus every single game like it was this series. It's a really hard place to play. And and the Cardinals have also historically been a really good baseball team. So, yeah, I mean, I think you you kind of tasted that the D-backs had a shot at, at winning this series, at taking three of four, which really would have been a statement for them. Unfortunately, that's uh, not the final outcome, but like you said, a, a series split is is certainly nothing to be too disappointed about right now. 
Yeah, I would have probably been shocked if they won the series against the Cardinals. Charles Waddell Pike in the comments saying, was really hoping to see another series win today, but there are worse fates than a split. And I totally agree. I think a series win would have been phenomenal, especially considering I don't think anybody had the Diamondbacks winning a series in St. Louis. So it would have been really cool to see. But splitting a series, I'll take it. It was a really great series, honestly. And I think the best game the Diamondbacks have played, like the most complete game this year happened uh, when Merrill Kelly was pitching in that game on Saturday. That was probably the best game that I've seen the Diamondbacks play all year long. So I think there's a lot of wins that came out of this series. And I think, you know, obviously today was disappointing, especially that seventh inning, but there's a lot of things that the Diamondbacks should be happy about that came out of this series. I mean, at this point, Michaela, the Diamondbacks are still batting like 185 as a team. So the fact that we're sitting here talking about a baseball team that's played one of the three or four hardest schedules to this point and is 10 and 13 is really a pretty great outcome in, in a lot of ways. And obviously this one was was disappointing. I think uh, the Diamondbacks bullpen was kind of due for a stinker, uh, especially with Mark Belanson out. Uh, for the time being, and Ian Kennedy probably not being available in this one. You kind of knew the D-backs were going to be relying on some of these arms that they've recently called up from the minors. And, you know, when I first saw Keenan Middleton throwing, I was actually pretty impressed. I mean, he's throwing like 97, 98 miles an hour. Uh, He got a few whiffs on, on his breaking pitch, which looked really good as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could just tell that the Cardinals were, were kind of ready for what was coming um, there. They must have done some good scouting or something on him because they were more than prepared for those fastballs up in the zone. Um, but yeah, I mean, this just kind of comes with the territory of of the way that the Diamondbacks have built this bullpen, which is, you know, a, a couple veterans, you know, and if those guys get hurt, then you're leaning on guys like Keenan Middleton, you know, and Kyle Nelson and Caleb Smith and And these kinds of things are going to happen from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will say I'm not going to hit the panic button quite yet on some of those like younger pitchers coming out of the bullpen. Like you were saying with Keenan Middleton, I think that he has a really high ceiling. And for whatever reason, today was just not his day. But I think that he has the potential to be a really good bullpen arm. And then also another pitcher that we saw this series that I'm actually really excited about coming out of the bullpen is Luis Frias. Um, I, I know he had that really weird Bach score run situation happen but um I watched him pitch in a few minor league games last year and he was lights out and he moved his way up through the system quite quite quickly so I'm really excited about both uh Keenan Middleton and Luis Frias I think they're both going to be really great bullpen pitchers and hopefully this series is just a little warm-up and then from this point forward (laughs) it'll be much better but uh like chris in the in the comments saying bullpen trauma is d-backs fandom uh yeah it kind of just comes with the territory (laughs) when you're a d-backs fan um i will say though outside of this game like you had said jesse um the bullpen looked really really great obviously the starting pitching in that first game umberto castellanos wasn't the best uh him and caleb smith kind of tortured me for five innings <laughs> but um outside of that starting pitching performance the pitching in general in this series was phenomenal it was really, yeah, really good right. and um like i said merrill kelly's game on saturday was like a master class he pitched seven scoreless innings so i guess that leads me to my next question which is what was your highlight of this series and what got you the most excited 
Mm, I think, I mean, I think when you talked about Merrill Kelly there, I mean, that game, I think was probably the most complete game the Diamondbacks uh, have played. And I mean, Merrill was just incredible uh, going, yeah. you know, inning for inning with Miles Michaelis, who was also throwing incredibly well. I mean, yesterday was was the most fun I've had watching a baseball game in a long time. Just watching yeah. those guys go back and forth. It was it was really something. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if Merrill Kelly is really this guy, I mean, if he's really a guy who maybe is not so much of a four or five starting pitcher, but maybe like a number three, number two type of a starting pitcher. I mean, that's what he's looked like this season. It's hard to argue with a 1.27 RA, you know, five starts into the season. He's been yeah. incredible for this baseball team. And, and I think what really stands out to me on the positive side for this series is that Zach Gallen didn't even pitch in this yeah. series. Zach Gallen pitched the last game against the Dodgers the Diamondbacks just, you know, played a really competitive series, splitting four games in St. Louis with really good starting pitching and arguably their best starter wasn't even a part of that. That's a really good sign for them moving forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. The starting pitching, like I said, outside of Thursday's game was really cool. Um, Adam Wainwright and Madison Bumgarner, I think, you know, Adam Wainwright kind of had a little bit of a leg up on that matchup, but still Mad Bum sure. went five innings, three hits, one earned run, one walk, two strikeouts. Um, Goldie got his first home run of the year off Mad Bum. Right, but outside right. of that, um, a pretty great performance from Mad Bum. And then you go into Saturday, and you know, coming into Saturday, Miles Mikolas had the fifth lowest ERA in the National League. And so obviously he has been pitching lights out. Um, he kind of had a few rough years. 2018 was probably uh his best year. He was in the Cy Young conversation. Um, yeah. he finished sixth in voting in that year. Um, and so he also came into that game, you know, he had thrown 19 scoreless innings, which was the longest streak in the majors so far this year. And then obviously Cattell Marte had his first home run of the year off of miles, but the right. fact that, you know, coming into that matchup, it was miles versus Merrill Kelly. And I mean, I think Merrill Kelly went toe to toe with miles and obviously he, he beat miles, um, in that matchup, but it was really cool to see that game because, you know, you have a really great, both two great pitchers on the mound, just going toe to toe. Merrill Kelly tossed seven shut, shutout innings, and then um, Cattell Marte hit his first, first home run of the year, which was really cool to say see. And then Nick Ahmed obviously had that insane defensive play to get Goldie out, um, which was really cool for me because I'm a little petty, and I love the fact that Nick Ahmed got Goldschmidt out. But um, that was just like what I think Saturday's game was probably my favorite game so far this year. The bullpen didn't blow it. Noe and Ian Kennedy looked really good. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I love Saturday's game. It was so cool to watch. Chris just chimed in the comments about all the home runs, uh, that we've seen lately, which is, which is so true. Yeah. The home runs yeah. are, are certainly a sign of hope for this team. The diamondbacks at four in this game today. Um, you know, even though they didn't come out with the win, Jordan Luplo, you know, a yeah. two homer game hitting one to right field, one to left field. Uh, he historically has been kind of a lefties killer, but hasn't necessarily been used a whole lot against right handed pitching. And we've seen him actually do some damage against righties so far this season. So, um, you know, that's certainly been been good to see for the D backs. And then, you know, Nick Ahmed, of course, has has basically come back from injury and been the team's best hitter so far. So I know we'll uh, we'll be talking about him a little bit later in the show as well. Yeah, well, Brute Squad Barbecue saying Nick Ahmed becoming the best hitter on the team in the comments. Um, I would just like to say, I feel like I saw this <laughs> happening. Um, I said this on another show, but I'm the biggest Nick Ahmed stan. I love what he provides to this team, just like 
as a human being in general, but also defensively, offensively, and as a leader in the clubhouse. And I generally don't think it's any coincidence that the Diamondbacks hitting all of a sudden got magically better when they got, it, <laughs> got back into the lineup, because I really do. I mean, I know he's been working on his swing and fixing some of his uh, batting mechanics, but it's really, really cool to see him um, kind of giving, I feel like his presence has given this team life. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's one of the few veteran presences that they have, right? I mean, you look, especially at their infield rotation. I mean, Geraldo Perdomo, you know, uh, Seth Beer getting some looks on the infield, Sergio Alcantara getting a lot of looks on the infield. A lot of these guys are not players who have a whole lot of time in the majors, right? And, and Nick Ahmed is certainly, you know, not been known to be, uh, you know, an offensive powerhouse over the course of his career. But you're right. I mean, he's just a steady presence for them. You kind of know what you're going to get. And so far, I mean, what they've gotten from Nick Ahmed is pretty much the best version of of him that we've ever seen, at least through these few games that he's played so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be huge if if he can keep this up for them moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of Nick Ahmed, let's just give it to him. Our DraftKings King of the series is our guy, Nick Ahmed. He went five for 11 this series with two home runs, two runs batted in, and uh, he scored three runs himself. So, you know, a great, great series, a great showing for Nick Ahmed. I think he is super valuable to this team, like I mentioned, just a leader in the clubhouse. And he also had that insane defensive play to the out at first, which was so great to see. That was like a Nolan Arenado level defensive play. Um, I know they're not the same position. I I still am not totally convinced that Goldschmidt was actually out at first. It, oh, it was really? interesting. Well, because when the Cardinals challenged the play, the ruling was that the call stood, not that the call was confirmed, which basically okay. means that they didn't have evidence to overturn the call. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they actually were able to confirm that, you know, that Goldie was actually out at first base. So I, I think it was really the fact that the umpire called him out to begin with. Um, yeah. that that play turned out the the way that it that it did. It was just so incredibly close at first base. But regardless, I mean, just an absolutely incredible play uh, by Nick and and really at the most important moment of the game. I mean, the game was scoreless at that point. So there was really no bigger, you know, leverage point in that game up until then. And, and Nick came through like we've seen him do a lot in the past for this team. Yeah, absolutely. Nicholas saying that Ahmed play on Goldie was the play of the series. I thought he was safe too, but that game completely changes if he gets called safe. What a play. I totally right. agree. Like that would have been the biggest momentum shift in that game. And, you know, the Diamondbacks might not have won that game if that play wasn't made. So I yeah, genuinely I agree. think that that whole game like was resting on Nick Ahmed's shoulders and he delivered for his team because, um, yeah, that, that would have been the difference maker, I think, in that game for sure. And and Sergio Alcantara made a, an error uh, just shortly after that, and Merrill Kelly had to pick him up by you know basically getting four outs in the inning, and and yeah, we've seen a, a lot of that lately. You know, the Diamondbacks have still made their mistakes every now and then defensively. We saw a little bit of that today as well, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, you know, they've been able to pick up their teammates of late, and and it hasn't quite cost them the same way that it has earlier in the season. Yeah, it's funny. It's kind of a double edged sword because our pitching staff has such great numbers because all the runs that are uh, happening, half of them are earned. So it doesn't count. Right. <laughs> but obviously you don't want to see the team making that many defensive mistakes in a game um, or in a series in general, just because um, I think, and I've said this before too, like I genuinely think like the Diamondbacks pride themselves on their defense, on their defense 
Yeah. And so seeing them make so many errors is just really kind of frustrating. And every time like another defensive error happens, I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. And they, they've still they've still had a lot. I know uh, today yeah. there were two errors. One of them wound up being charged to Zach Davies, the other one to Cattell Marte. That was Cattell's fourth error of the season. And Jose Herrera has four errors as a catcher. Sergio Alcantara, his error yesterday was also his fourth of the season. Four errors is a pretty big number, you know, talking about having played like 21, 22 games at this point. So the D-backs still, you know, they still need to right the ship defensively because things have still looked a little rough from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Chris also agreeing with us saying she is so over the defensive lapses and yeah. then squad BBQ saying if Patel turned that double play earlier in the game, we're having a different discussion right now. Right, right. Absolutely agree. So I agree with you 100%, Jesse. I think the defensive mistakes are what's frustrating me the most about this team right now. I think even more than the players not being able to hit the ball. <laughs> Just because, like, it's things that's just, I don't know, like... Things that you feel you should have, yeah, right? Yeah, it's opposed like things to, that I yeah. feel like are avoidable, whereas, like, you know, hitting comes and goes in Major League Baseball, and it's all about how, learning how to ride that wave. And sure. so just, like, seeing them make, like, I just feel like bonehead errors is so infuriating, and it makes me more upset than them not being able to put the ball in play. And they have struggled offensively. I mean, I mean, things have started to look better. Uh, they've been very home run reliant as of late. A lot of these big hits that we're seeing, um, even in this series, a lot of the big hits that we saw were home runs. So the Diamondbacks are still going to have to find a way to, to manufacture runs in some other ways. We've seen a few guys struggling at the plate. Uh, Seth Beer, who I know is has kind of turned into a fan favorite. Uh, he's really struggled. He's, you know, one for his last 29, one for 30, something like that at this point at the plate. Um, there are other guys in this lineup where it's a similar situation. David Peralta is kind of going through it offensively right now. Carson Kelly still hasn't really uh, gotten going either. Christian Walker hit a home run today, uh, which hopefully will will get him on the right track. But I, I think, you know, that's that's been probably the most discouraging thing for this team. And also, in some ways, maybe the thing that helps you stay positive moving forward, because, you know, that a lot of those guys should be better than this. And, and you know, hopefully for them, it's only a matter of time before the, the tide turns on that. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to Chris's earlier comment about the home runs being a sign of hope, I definitely hope that that's what happens. I hope Cattell takes this game and is like, OK. Uh, or the series is like, okay, like I did it. I hit a home run. I can do it. This is possible for me. Hopefully it's like a confidence booster and we see him contributing a little bit more on offense. And um, yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's weird to see them um, having this many issues this early on. Um, but despite having this many issues, still somehow managing to find success, you know, beating the Dodgers in a series, splitting a series yeah. with the, the Cardinals. Like they're having all these issues, but they're still managing to find ways to win, which to me, this team is just like the weirdest, most complex baseball puzzle that I can't seem to figure out <laughs> like how they're working or like what is going on. It, they're just like an anomaly to me. And it's <laughs> at least it's interesting, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, a it's a, been a mixture so far of some parts of the team being like near elite, mainly talking about the starting pitching, which still is, you know, top five, top three in ERA around the game, basically. Um, and a lot of the other facets of the team being like, you know, one of the worst in, in baseball, the offense, um, at least as of yesterday was hitting 180 entering yesterday's game, which was 26 points lower than the next lowest team batting average in baseball. I mean, it has been that bad compared to other teams, but you've also started to see them hit a lot of home runs. 
the bullpen at times uh, has actually been pretty steady. So um, they've done some things really, really well, and they've you know been pretty much the worst in baseball at other things. So it's it's certainly been a a fascinating product to watch so far. Fascinating is a good way to describe it for sure. Chris saying the wins are not happening in any way any of us predicted, which is so true. Yeah. This team just continues to surprise me in more ways than one. You know who else is really surprising me as of late is Jordan Luplo. He looked really great this series. He provided a lot on offense. He, um, I wouldn't say robbed Dickerson's home run because I don't think it had enough, quite enough oomph to get over there, but I Close. think he, he definitely saved a run from scoring. So you know, he's looking really good out there in the outfield, and uh, his bat was probably one of the most active of this series. So I'm really happy to see Jordan um, kind of stepping up and p- providing some more for this team. They've shown a lot of faith in him. I mean, Jordan Luplo has been a staple hitting second in the lineup so far, which is a pretty tall order for a guy who, you know, is fresh off of the injured list and and is not necessarily used to this kind of a role. If you look at how he's been used the last few years, like I mentioned earlier in the show, he's really been more of a platoon guy. He's really faced lefties and and hasn't really done much beyond that. But yeah, Tori Lovello has shown a lot of faith in him, batting him second against both some lefties and some righties. And and so far, so good. I mean, he's come up with some of the biggest hits of the season for the D-backs. And, um, you know, you hate to see a two-run or a two-home run game like today wasted in, in a game that ultimately the Diamondbacks lost. But nonetheless, he's been good for them. And, and like you said, he's been really good defensively too. I mean, he can play center field. He can play right field. Uh, Tori has told us those are the main positions that will that we'll see him play. And, and it also gives Dalton Varsho an opportunity to, to play a little bit more catcher um, to play a little bit more at catcher, which we also saw today. Yeah. Um, kind of wrapping things up with this Cardinal series, Jesse, how are you feeling about this team right now? Just give me your straight up emotions about where this team is at and how you're feeling overall. I think it's been a, I think, for people who were concerned that 2022 was going to be a rerun of 2021, right? For people who thought that this team was just going to come back and do the same thing that they did last year. I think you have to feel pretty, pretty happy so far. I, I really don't. I, I've really never expected the Diamondbacks to be the same team that they were last year. Um, I know you were pretty close to that point, Mac, with your 61 win prediction. Um, that, that would that, you know, that would be a pretty rough outcome, even though it is still, a you know, a nine game improvement from from last year. But yeah, I mean, this Diamondbacks team is on pace to win roughly 70 games at this point, And you don't put too much stock into that at, at this point. Um, one thing to watch, I don't know if there's much to this, uh, but the Diamondbacks since Tori Lovello took over are 39 and 82 in the month of May. I don't know what it is with the month of May, um, but it was horrible for them last year. Last year, the month of May is where the wheels really came off. They were actually pretty good in April, and I think they were 5-24 and 24 in May or something like that. And we've actually seen this a, a few years down in the past as well. The Diamondbacks in the month of May over these last few years uh, have really struggled. So this is going to be a, a big month for them. I think after April, you just can't really get too high or too low. Um, I was interacting with some of our followers on Twitter uh, yesterday talking about how the Atlanta Braves were under 500 in April last year and went on to win the World Series. So yeah. you just can't you can't Are get you too high. Winning the World Series is that's that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Yes. Um, no, I, I'm saying you just can't you just can't read too much into what's happened so far. 
Um, I think there have been some some good signs to show fans that this team is not what it was last year. And I think yeah. that's really, really good news, uh, you know, at this point in the season. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent with everything you said. Um, I'm really hoping that <laughs> we don't have a repeat of last May. And May is kind of triggering for yeah, yeah. Fans, uh, <laughs> so I think, you know, moving forward, if the Diamondbacks can, for the love of God, please clean up their defensive errors and um, also, yeah. you know, kind of make some adjustments at the plate so that some offense is finally getting generate generated. Don't touch the starting pitching. Whatever the starting pitching is doing, leave them alone. Let them be. They're so good. <laughs> it's the only thing the Diamondbacks really have going for them right now. But, you know, if the starting pitching can keep doing what they're doing, they stop making dumb errors on defense and, um, you know, they can kind of, get some of those bats to wake up. I think this may knocking on wood, my dresser that my computer on is pure wood. Uh, we don't have a repeat of last May and this may can kind of, you know, not, uh, not traumatize us. D backs. Sure. Sure. <laughs> One thing that I don't, I don't want to get people too down. Maybe people are going to hate me for saying this, but I, I do think that if you're a diamondbacks fan right now, you should probably prepare for the starting rotation to not be, you know, top three in baseball for the entire season. Um, just looking at some of the underlying numbers, the Diamondbacks entered yesterday with the lowest strikeout rate in baseball and one of the higher walk rates, um, which just kind of tells me, you know, so far they've they've worked around it. You know, they've gotten some soft contact. There's certainly some things that they've done right. But, you know, it's just not possible to, you know, have the lowest strikeout rate in the game and end the year with, you know, a top three, top five starting rotation. That's that's just not going to happen. So I do think there's probably some correction that, that may happen with the rotation. Um, and I think there's also some correction that will happen with the offense that I don't think the Diamondbacks offense is as bad as it's been. So you're probably looking at the rotation, maybe taking a little bit of a step back and maybe the offense taking a step forward. And, you know, when both of those things happen, you, you still probably wind up with a pretty decent baseball team that is in a much better spot than they were last year. Yeah, absolutely. And all in all, to wrap up this Cardinal series, I think this is a win. I'm happy about this. Totally. I'm not going to let today's seventh inning dampen my mood. It happened. It's fine. <laughs> I've accepted it. I'm over it. But I think splitting a series with the Cardinals is really, really great for this Diamondbacks team. And I think it's a win. So you know what? I'll take it. Obviously, winning the series would have been awesome. But that's not what happened. I wasn't in the cards today for the uh, D-backs. <laughs> no pun intended. But um, I definitely think this is a win. And overall, I'm happy with it, Jesse. I think I think this is a good jumping off point to head into the series with the Marlins. Speaking of the Marlins, um, they, they just lost, they lost to the Mariners seven to three, but the Marlins had won seven consecutive games before that. So, you know, we've talked about how the diamondbacks had this horrible, you know, very difficult start to the season. And then the Cardinals, you know, certainly weren't a walk in the park. And I don't know if I would expect the Marlins to be that way either. Uh, Pablo Lopez, the Marlins starter, in the first game of the series tomorrow will enter the game with a 0.39 ERA. Um, so the Diamondbacks are not necessarily, you know, headed for a super easy series in, in Miami, but they do have Zach Gallon on the mound for that one. So uh, tomorrow, you know, if, you, if you're a, a pitching duel kind of a person, if you like watching those games, uh, tomorrow's game against Miami should be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, before we get too far down the Miami road, because we are going to preview that series, if you guys need to unwind a little bit after today's seventh inning, which I wouldn't blame you at all, 
our friends at OGs can definitely help you out with that because honestly, you might need to take some OGs to relax from whatever the last three innings of that ball game was. So make sure you stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OGs. They just announced their new mini OGs three milligram microdose option for those not wanting to dive right into their regular 10 milligram option. They'll be available on May 3rd, so two days from today, exclusively at Zen Leaf locations through May 11th. They have amazing flavors like my favorite orange creamsicle. I'm obsessed with that flavor. Their indica line makes me sleep like a rock, which I really need working in sports and being up late. They also have tropical <laughs> flavor, watermelon flavor. They just launched their new pina colada flavor, which is to die for. So if you're interested in trying these amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OG's near you. <coughs> Whoa. Coughing a little bit. Um, okay, but looking ahead at our schedule, the Diamondbacks are going to be taking on the Marlins for a three-game series, like you mentioned, Jesse. We'll have Zach Gallen on the mound tomorrow against Pablo Lopez. And like you said, that pitching matchup is going to be something else. And I'm really looking forward to that. Another storyline that I want to point out is we might be getting a uh, Zach Gallen versus Jazz Chisholm uh, matchup out there. Oh, yeah. it's a good point. Which will be extremely interesting. Obviously, those are the two trade pieces involved. So uh, a little switcheroo there. Um, I don't know. Do you have, do you have any thoughts on who won that trade yet, Jesse? <laughs> Ooh, I think it's really close. Uh, it, I mean, it kind of depends. Would you rather have, you know, the young shortstop with a sky high ceiling who maybe is a little bit more volatile? Um, or would you rather have, you know, a starting pitcher that's already pretty steady and figures to be pretty steady for the next few years? I think it's really, really close at this point. I don't think the Diamondbacks regret the trade, but I'm not really sure the Marlins regret the trade either. So maybe it's one of, you know, an old fashioned both sides got what they want sort of situation. Yeah, absolutely. I will say I'm a huge Jazz Chisholm fan. I think he's awesome. He has the attitude and the swag that this sport really, really needs right now. To yeah, be totally. And to be entertaining. So um, it'll be interesting to see those two face off. Hopefully we get Jazz Chisholm in the lineup tomorrow. Um, against Zach Allen and um, the the Marlins though they are coming into this matchup I know they lost against the Mariners today but they have won three consecutive series and they beat the Braves they beat the Nationals which isn't really saying a lot um, and they also did win <laughs> the series against the Mariners even though they lost the game today they're also second in the National League East so this definitely isn't you know uh, a, an easy winnable series for the Diamondbacks that they can't just like march in there and you know take on the, these Miami Marlins and expect to win so the series is going to be pretty difficult, I think. Um, you know, I don't. We don't know yet who's going to be going um, for the second game of the series for the Diamondbacks on the mound. But um, definitely Zach Gallen. He's going to provide the D-backs with a great chance to win. I feel like he's been really like lights out this whole year so far. Um, and then we'll have to see who goes um, for the second game. But I think this is. Uh, um, I'm scared to say it. Uh, uh, I think <laughs> this is a winnable series. Um, the Miami Marlins are really hot right now, and them splitting a series with the Cardinals really kind of gave me some more hope in this team. Um, they kind of made me a little bit higher on this team than I originally was. So uh, I don't know, Jesse. What do you think? Do you think they split this series? Do you think one of three? What are you, where are you going here? 
Well, yeah, I guess you can't split a three-game series, so some, someone's got to win, right? Thanks, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. I think this one really could go either way for sure. Um, you mentioned game two. The Diamondbacks haven't announced a starter at this point. Uh, Humberto Castellanos, it, that was, that's his spot. So I guess they, you know, maybe they're a little bit more hesitant to put him there. Maybe it's possible we see the team go a different direction in that spot after, um, you know, his last start against St. Louis, which, you know, two innings, five runs, it was a pretty rough go for him. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, what the D-backs do there in game two. Um, but yeah, the first game, it's Zach Gallon. The last game of the series on Wednesday appears to be Madison Bumgarner. Um, so, you know, you'd certainly feel like you got a shot in, in both of those games. The Marlins pitchers in those games are, are going to be pretty good too. I yeah. think that probably the, the Marlins biggest asset is, is their yes. starting pitching really is pretty good top to bottom. So, um, so yeah, they're, they're probably a similar team in, in some ways, uh, because of that, but, um, but yeah, I mean, tomorrow is going to be a really fun pitching matchup to watch. We mentioned Pablo Lopez, Zach Gallen. Um, you know, we're only a few starts into the season at this point, but you know, guys having an ERA that starts with a zero at this point is, uh, is pretty eye opening at this stage in the season. So, uh, that should be a fun one to watch for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brute Squad BBQ saying Marlon's coming down to earth just in time. <laughs> Motion on the other side saying starting May in Miami, this isn't looking good. I definitely understand both sides of that coin. I think, you know, seeing them win three consecutive series in a row and the Diamondbacks only winning one series so far this year. Um, yeah. definitely a little bit intimidating. And like you said, I think our pitching staff can pretty much go toe to toe with their pitching staff. Um, so I think it's tough. I think it's definitely going to be a tough series. And now more than ever would be a great time for the Diamondbacks bats to wake up um, and hopefully provide yeah. some offense because otherwise we're probably going to be getting some very close ball games, you know, one run, two runs separating the team. I don't necessarily think hopefully we're not seeing any like three to eight uh, ball games like we saw in St. Louis. But um, I think now is a great time for the bats to be like, we're this is this is when you need like a like a trip to Coors Field, right? When the offense yeah. just isn't really clicking. This is really when you know that that spot in the schedule would be great. But I don't think the Diamondbacks even go to Coors Field until July. The schedule is pretty weird this season, so they're not they're not getting that trip anytime soon. So they're gonna have to uh, hopefully find their way out of it in Miami. The schedule makers really said, you know what, Diamondbacks, we know you had a horrible year last year, and we're going to make sure you have a really rough start to your season this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been it's been rough. And um, I was looking the other day, at, you know, you can look at the strength of schedule so far. You can also look at the strength of schedule for the rest of the season. And unfortunately, the Diamondbacks is still right near the top. And it's because, you know, they play in the NL West. And at this point, yeah. the NL West has been far and away the best division in baseball and it's not even close. I think the Rockies are still above 500. So the Diamondbacks like, right now, yeah. Not happening. <laughs> yeah, I not not sure the Rockies will necessarily stay there, but yeah. um but I mean the three teams at the top, the Padres, the Dodgers and the Giants are all like 6 or 7 games above 500 after a month, which is really crazy. So um, yeah, I mean, in some ways, the schedule is not going to get much easier for the D-backs because they're going to be playing their divisional opponents a whole lot, as you do in baseball. And with how good this division is, that's just going to be a pretty tough situation for them. Who do I need to call? Manfred? Excuse me, Manfred. Yeah. Schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting next year because things will change next year where 
every base, every major league team will play every other major league team. So next year we'll start to see, I think they cut down on the divisional opponents a little bit. You start to see other teams across the league more often. So I guess next year, you know, and in some ways things will maybe get a little bit easier, but for the moment, you know, playing in the NL West is, is just going to be a bit of a chore. And um, I mean, you feel like if you were, you know, if you were in the Cardinals shoes in the NL central, you know, the Diamondbacks might be in the mix for, you know, actually fighting in that in that division because there's just not nearly the level of powerhouse that that there is in the NL West with the Dodgers and the Giants and also the Padres emerging this season. So uh, this is nothing new for Diamondbacks fans, though. They've they've been down this road before. So Lord help <laughs> us. I feel like the world is just against Diamondbacks fans. There you go. There you go. Got to stick through it, though. Um, looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for tomorrow's matchup against the Marlins, the Diamondbacks are underdogs on the money line, sitting at plus 120. Uh, the, the Marlins are favored at minus 140 on the money line. And the run line is actually set, uh, the over-under on the run line is set at seven. So um, whether that's four runs for the Diamondbacks and three for the Marlins or however else you want to figure that uh, configure that uh, run line, uh, I don't. How do you feel about that, Jesse? Do you see seven runs being scored in tomorrow's game? I mean, based on the ERAs of the two starting pitchers, you'd probably say no. Um, but I guess on the other hand, you know, you're not going to maintain a 0.6 or an 0.39 uh, for very long throughout the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe Zach Gallen and, and Pablo Lopez are both due to, you know, give up a few runs, but. I would, you know, I mean, taking the under on seven runs feels like a pretty safe move in, you know, a game with that kind of a star studded pitching matchup. So we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely would feel comfortable taking the under of seven runs on that matchup. Um, But speaking of the DraftKings Sportsbook app, they are our presenting sponsor of our podcast and they have some great deals for anybody who loves to watch the NBA playoffs, which I mean, like who doesn't like to watch NBA playoff basketball, especially because the Suns are in the second round. They're taking on the Dallas Mavericks starting Monday, tomorrow as well. But the NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, um, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom, you've got a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. I mean, come on. This is like a win-win situation for all of you DraftKings Sportsbook new customers out there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 and up only. Arizona only. Gambling problem call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. I'm definitely going to be betting on that Suns game tomorrow. If you guys are looking for some Suns content, check out our PHNX underscore Suns fam. They do a great job covering those NBA playoffs. But back to baseball, Jesse, any final thoughts before we wrap up the show about the St. Louis series or the Marlins series coming up? 
I just think that this was a big step forward for the D-backs. I think a lot of fans who had disengaged about a week or two ago are kind of like, oh, you know, maybe maybe this team is actually worth watching every night. Um, and, you know, hopefully they're able to, to keep that up. Um, I guess it's not necessarily every night because Wednesday we've got breakfast with the Diamondbacks again with a 9.40 a.m. local time uh, start Arizona time. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we've had a, had a lot of those recently. Um, but, yeah, I think this was just a really big series for the D-backs. And, um, you know, the Marlins, like you said, are uh, they've been playing well lately, but they're also a, a beatable baseball team. And I think the Diamondbacks have what they need in order to in order to compete in this series. And, you know, hopefully they're able to to go out there and, and win a second series of the season. That would be really big to finish off this road trip, um, which has really looked pretty good for them so far. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I think splitting the series with the Cardinals is a huge win for this team, and they should take it as a win, and they should be happy about this, which I'm sure that they are. They're probably on the flight to uh, Miami right now with some good vibes on the plane, uh, hopefully. And then now is a great time, you know, this Miami Marlins series to put up or shut up. They got to stop the defensive errors. It's really getting old. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Um, yeah. And uh, I think they need to do some like rain dance, moon dance, spiritual thing over their bats to get their bats to wake up. You got to <laughs> do something to get some runs going because good we Lord. should uh, we should create a, a Twitter prayer circle. Right. That's that's what we're supposed to do. Yes, A manifesting happens. circle or prayer circle, anything to okay. get these backs to start scoring some runs. Um, hopefully David Peralta, Cattell Marte, all these guys that are struggling can kind of uh, get some of those uh, woes worked out. Thank God Nick Ahmed is back. Nick Ahmed, I'm so happy <laughs> you are back. King Nick, thank you for uh, coming back to us at the perfect time, it seems like. But um, it's going to be a good series. And um, if you want all of our great content, make sure you sign up at gophnx.com and become a member. You can get your first month for only 50 cents. Or if you sign up for an annual membership, you'll get a free T-shirt. I have on our new um, PHNX Rattler shirt, which is honestly my favorite one I think we've ever made. It is so cool. Um, he's got some bats in there, which is maybe hopefully a good omen for the bats uh, actually <laughs> there you be go. used by players. <laughs> um, but we've got exclusive content. Jesse writes amazing articles that you can only read if you're a member of PHNX. So shout out to Jesse for those uh, beautifully crafted works of art on our website. You'll also get access to our members-only Discord, and you can chat with me and Jesse about baseball. Um, there's lots of things to talk about when it comes. To and maybe, so. maybe Derek, maybe Derek maybe will Derek. show up. Maybe if we if we ever decide to let him back, then you know yeah. maybe he'll be in there. But we'll we'll he see. Can, we'll see. We'll see if he can reclaim his mayor title. Um, I think it suits me better. So he's gonna have to fight me for it. Maybe we'll have an actual <laughs> election this time since he just appointed himself the first time around. That's fair. That's fair. It always felt a little bit illegitimate to me, Max. So I'm I'm glad that you're here laying down the hammer finally. Oh, <laughs> Jesse's team, Mac, Mayor Mac, Mayor Mac, and Vice Mayor Jesse. There you go. I love it. But like I said, we're to go doing some to be a member. We have a ton of great merch in the PHNX locker, hats, shirts, anything you could possibly want. Gear up for the Suns playoffs. Gear up for this Diamondback season. We may or may not have a new Diamondback shirt coming soon if a certain player can mm. figure it out. <laughs> little teaser there. But thank you all so much for joining us. Jesse, you are the absolute best. I had a great time with you. Hopefully you let me host the show again in the future. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. Anytime we can get rid of Derek, I'm always on board. So... <laughs> I love it. We won't tell him that. Hopefully he's watching right now and it's just <laughs> uh, 
But anyways, thank you all so much for watching. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for hanging out with us. You guys are the absolute best, especially all of you guys in the comments. Don't forget to like this video on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review. We always appreciate it. Again, thank you all so much for watching. And remember, baseball is fun, but it's even more fun when you split the series in St. Louis. Bye! <laughs>